0: Anyone have, like, an old Bible? You know, like, the old Bibles? It looks like it's kind of fallen apart. You know your Bible's old. (laughs) If yours is like mine, when you first open it up, there's a place where you list all the deaths in your family. I don't know when, whoever decided to do that. Like, that's just kind of a strange thing, but... uh, Apparently, my Bible was not hooked up to Wi-Fi and didn't update, and uh, there's been a few updates. Anyone know that? So I was going to be reading from it, and just before ke- coming out at the 9, I was like, I better print this so that what I'm reading here is what you see on the screens. Uh, but today, I want to I ask you a question. Why are you waiting for God to open a door when you're living under an open heaven? I wonder why we're waiting for God to open doors when we're living Under an open heaven. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about all the prophets. Also, wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Oh, we'll be going back to this in a few weeks. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked, Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. I wanna speak that over someone today. I wanna declare that over someone's life that you will see greater things. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. There were a lot of things that I did not like about the pandemic. I didn't like having to wear a mask in certain places. I did appreciate some people wearing masks. You know, the close talkers with bad breath? You know, the people you're like, can, you, can you? but one of the things that I did like is early in the pandemic, when you get onto the freeway, do you remember this? There was no one. There's no, it'd be like, this is supposed to be traffic time. You could drive, like, there's no one. And police officers, the highway patrol, did not want to pull anyone over so you could drive as fast as you wanted. Anyone, like, imagine that that's what life with God is supposed to be like? That it's just a freeway that's, that's wide open? But, but then the pandemic ended. And you get on the freeway today, just coming to church. Now, you may not know this, but the lane to the far left is the fast lane. The lane to the right is the slow lane. I'm coming to church today and someone in the fast lane is driving 55 miles an hour with nobody in front of them. Have you realized like, what is happening here? People are just like, you got nowhere to go? Nothing to do? And then you get off the freeway and you realize that there's a stoplight And everyone is in the same lane. There's two lanes, but everyone just lines up. And I pull in the empty lane because it's like, people are driving like they have nowhere to go. Like they've got nowhere to be. People today are living like they're driving. Like they got nowhere to be. That they got nothing to do. Like, what is your purpose? Is there a purpose to your marriage? Is there a purpose to your career? So many people today are, are existing, but they're not really living. They have a job, but they don't wake up excited to go to that job. They are married, but they wake up not excited to... Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Here's the thing. If you only knew God's plans for you, you'd be like, whoa, this is so much better than my plan. Maybe even your parents had so many great plans for you. But God's plans are greater. God's plans for your marriage are greater. God's plans for your career are greater. God's plans for your life. Yet, God's plans don't always line up with our preferences. Because we, our preference, we don't want to be inconvenienced. And oftentimes, God's plan is a little inconvenienced for our life. Like, like we would choose... Our preference is we want to launch the company, but we only want to work 40 hours a week. That's our preference. Our, pre- our preference, you see, you see, God's plan is for you to launch that company and for, to see great success. God's plan is for, is for you to be in a, in a relationship that is thriving, but our preference is not to have to work on the relationship. Why can't the other person do all the work? Why can't the other person do all the changing We have our preference, but not only do we have our preference, other people have their preferences. Culture has its preference. And culture's preference doesn't always line up (laughs) with God's plan. So, are we going to follow culture or are we going to follow God? We're supposed to be followers of God, not just fans. Are you a follower or are you a fan? I see a Dodger hat, I love the Dodgers. I'm a Dodger fan. I mean, I was a Dodger fan even when the years weren't good. Not a lot of Dodger fans were. But here's the thing, I like the Dodgers, I I like the Lakers. L.A. fans, and I at born and raised in Southern California, but we are the worst fans anywhere. Like, we're the worst fans. I've been up to the Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks, in a game that meant nothing. In an outdoor stadium when it was freezing and it was kind of like snowing, and it was just like I was just, I I was miserable. People showed up before the game even started. They were there till the game ended. The game meant nothing, but they were there and they, they were into it the whole time. I got to go see the Chicago Bulls a couple times back when Michael Jordan was playing. Their second Pete, the last year. And and even in the games, that meant nothing. People showed up early. They were into it the whole time. They didn't leave until the end. But us Dodger fans, it is the playoffs. And we show up fashionably late. It's a close game, but we're leaving early because we don't want to be inconvenienced with traffic because getting out of Dodger Stadium is a... I've been to Laker playoff games. Some of the biggest games back with Kobe and Shaq, and us Laker fans would show up late, and we would leave. We'd leave. We leave early. L.A. We may be some of the worst fans, but can we commit? We're going to be some of the best followers of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll discover your purpose. You'll discover God's plan for your life as you follow, as you follow Jesus. Part of your purpose is evangelism. You're like, such a big word. Isn't evangelism for other people? Isn't that what Billy Graham was supposed to do? Isn't that what other people are supposed to do? I spoke in India, and there were 50,000 people there, and a lot of people got saved. You're like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? No, that's what you're supposed to do. The person next to you, that's what they're supposed to do. The gospel has spread primarily one-on-one, one-on-one. Who are you inviting to church? Who have you invited? Oh, Easter's coming up. Who are you going to invite to church on Easter? The worst they could say is, no. Or whoa, you go to church? I never would have thought. So, we find two individuals, and Philip says to Nathaniel, I, I, I found the one, I found the one, that Moses, that the, that the prophets, he says, come and see. Do you notice he doesn't say, go and see? Like we're telling people, like you really need Jesus in your life. You should really get to church. Like, no, come with me. Come with me to church. Let's go grab some food after. Let's talk about it. Sometimes we don't invite people to church because we're concerned we don't have all the answers. What if they ask me about creation? I can't describe creation. I don't know, like, the first day on the second day. Are these literal days, 24-hour days like we have? Or is it just speaking of a a reference of time? Wait, what what if they ask me about end times? I'm not gonna know about, about end times. What if they ask me about sanctification? I can't even hardly pronounce the word. I don't know, like <laughs> you, you never know what one simple invite can do in someone's life. Invite them. He says, Come and come and see. <laughs> come and see. And so Nathaniel is on his way, getting close to Jesus, and Jesus is like, Whoa, here is someone who has no deceit. Why would Jesus say that? Doesn't that sound like a strange thing to say? If you know Old Testament history, you know the history of the Israelites, the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 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 (laughs) Jacob got a new name, Israel. But it's still referred to as Jacob quite often. And Jacob was a deceiver. And Jacob came out of his mother's womb deceiving, trying to, trying to pull other people down so that he could get ahead. Do you know anyone like that? I call these kind of people slippery. Sometimes Lindsay and I will meet someone and I'll be like, they're just kind of slippery. You know those people? Like they get close and you're like, I just want to hold on to my wallet. I don't even carry a wallet, but I'm just holding on to it. Like because you feel like they just want to take advantage of you. Like it's not just about their success, but, but they're doing whatever it takes to, to get ahead. <laughs> so I, I wonder if the Israelites had a stereotype because of Jacob. Anyone ever stereotype you? Because of your ethnicity? Because of your gender? Because of your religion, your, your faith? In case you can't tell, I am a white, straight, Christian male who identifies as a white, straight Christian male. So uh, do you know, do you know the stereotypes some people have about me? Apparently, they think I'm a racist. Apparently, I'm homophobic. I'm transphobic. I have phobias I never even knew existed. All because of how people see. All, be, all because of that. And Jesus is like, no, he here's someone without deceit. He's not saying here's someone who's perfect. He's saying, here's someone with integrity. For Jesus to point this out, it it must mean it, it wasn't common. It's not common today to find people who have integrity. Not talking about perfection, but people who have integrity. When I was younger, we would say, they're a real one. He's a real one. She's a real one, meaning they are the same wherever they go. The, the, the root word from integrity is from Latin, is, we get the word, is from the word integer. Anyone like math? People are like, no, I don't like math. I'm weird because I really like math. Only because it was easy. Because my grandpa, my mom's dad, was a mathematician for NASA. And then my step grandpa, because my mom's mom cheated on my mom's dad with my mom's dad's boss. She's like, "Is the boss? He made me working my way up, you know." <laughs> And then she divorced my mom's dad, married (laughs) his boss, and then she started cheating on him with my mom's dad. It's just like, it's some messed up stuff, people. Here's what you can know. My mom will be here at the next gathering because she and my dad and I are going to go visit my grandma after the noon gathering. But you can come from a messed up family and still have a healthy marriage. My parents have been married for over 50 (laughs) years. Don't ever think because I never had it modeled for me. (laughs) that it's not possible but my my grandpa and my step-grandpa called called grandpa and then opa that would would teach me math when i was young not even in kindergarten and they would teach me just to do things in my head they would just throw out they would say okay i'm going to throw out a number divide it by two then multiply it by three I'd be like three four years old he'd like boom just throw out a number like 50 it's 75. Divide it by two, multiply it by three. And then they would start like, okay, I'm going to throw out a number, divide it by two. Is it an integer? Is it a whole number? Or is it a fraction? You all look way too stressed right now. (laughs) Let's get off of math and let's go to what the dictionary has to say about integrity. Integrity is the state of being whole and undivided. Yet so many of us have fractured lives. Where... We don't even give God one-seventh of our lives because, like, well, it's Sunday. It's God's day. You give him an hour on so it's like 150th or whatever. Like you give, like I but but then also, and and during that time, I'm not only giving it to God, but I have my church friends. But I want to make sure my church friends don't know my Friday night friends. <laughs> and I want to make sure my Friday night friends don't even know I have church friends. <laughs> and so I give this portion to that, and then there's work, and I certainly don't want my boss or my co-workers to be in my business and know that I have church friends or <laughs> the weekend friends. And so we get and so we end up with all of these we end up with a fractured life here's the thing we're not called to be perfect we're just called to be whole that wherever we are that's where we are and that's that is who we are culture values image God values integrity here's someone Jesus said here's someone here's someone with integrity (laughs) here's someone that, that there's no deceit Nathaniel's like how do you know me You ever feel like that with people? You don't know me. Growing up a PK, a pastor's kid, people thought they knew me because they'd hear a story every once in a while, oh, I know you, I know you. Like, you don't know me. You know a few stories about me. You have your coworkers who think they know you, but they don't really know you. Maybe even people here at church, they, they think they know you, but they don't really know you. People on social media think they know you, but they don't really know you. Jesus really knows you. Jesus knows where you've been and what you've been doing. Someone's like, oh, Did they turn up the heat in here? They... When is that new air conditioning going to be kicking in? Jesus knows where you've been and what you've been doing. He knows. More so than even in the United Kingdom, have you have you read that with all the cameras they've installed, like there's surveillance taking place, facial recognition? This is like George Orwell, nineteen eighty four stuff. That's a book, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if the book's been canceled or not. I don't. It was written in 1949. Like this is like you. This is like G- Jesus knows where you've been. Jesus knows what. You've been doing. You were under a tree, he says to Nathaniel. I saw you when you were out under a tree. Jesus saw you this week when you were under pressure at work because of the demand of a deadline. Jesus saw you when you were under pressure this week because of the doctor's report of a family member. Jesus saw you when you were under all the strain of of that relationship. Jesus saw you this week acting confident even though you feel insecure. Jesus sees you right now, maybe even smiling. Anyone smiling? Even though maybe on the inside you, you feel, you feel sad. Jesus sees who we really are, not who we pretend to be. We do a lot of pretending. When I was in middle school, skateboarding was, like, really popular. And I grew up, you know, played sports, football, baseball. But there was something about a skateboard. It just didn't work for me. (laughs) Like, I just, you get these people, they're, like, jumping off, you know, onto rails and like off steps and like, I just couldn't do it. So what did I do? I went out and I got some skater clothing. I went out and I got some skater shoes. I went out and I got a skateboard. And then I took the skateboard (laughs) to a curb and I just would rub it on it so it looked like I'd been grinding, looked like I'd been... Man, didn't didn't want it to look new. I carried it around my skateboard. Had my skater haircut. So I was a poser. So many of us we we get our dressed a certain way at church, yet we dress way different on Friday night. We we dress a certain way. We we get this look. We <laughs> we. Oh, yeah, I got the Bible app. It's here somewhere. Is this, oh, no, did my, did my phone automatically delete it? Did, uh, G- Jesus, Jesus knows who we really are. Yeah. At one point, Jesus sat down at a well. And a woman came. She was a Samaritan. Jews did not talk to Samaritans. He begins having this conversation with her. <laughs> Starts about water, ends up talking about living water. And then Jesus is like, okay, why don't you go get your husband? Oh, I'm not married. That's right. You've been married five times, and the guy you're living with right now is not even your husband. Je- Jesus knows the worst of you. Je- Jesus knows who you really are. Jesus knows the worst of you, but he wants to bring out the best of you. And Nathaniel at this moment is impressed. Whoa, you really are the son of God because you, you saw me under a tree and you weren't even there. He was impressed. What impresses you? Remember when electric cars first came out and everyone who got them was so impressed? It's all like, impressed. People are impressed with AI, artificial intelligence. Like, wait, what's going on with the Google one? Like, this is like, is this just to indoctrinate kids? Like, like, impressed. What? What impresses you? God's done some things that I've seen that have impressed me. I was in Bangalore, India, a couple decades ago, and I saw things that really impressed me. Uh, I, I would see deformities in people's bodies that you don't see here because medicine would take care of it before it even got to that point. And you'd begin to see, I'd begin to see healing taking place. And I'm like, like this doesn't, what is, is this even real? There'd be two interpreters. There was hundreds of thousands of people there, some of the nights. And through two interpreters interpreting what was taking place, (laughs) that things, this is hilarious. Uh, At least I think it's hilarious. You may find it offensive. But this is a true story, uh, is that there's one person, because then people, they would be interviewing, what did, like, you know, explaining the healing or this or that, and so one of the person is like, through the interpreter, the person is like, at first, he had one testicle, by the way, I'm not pointing to you, I'm just like, this was back in India, so, and, uh, at first he had one testicle, but now he has two testicles, he, like felt, like what? Of all the things you believe God for, right? Like, it's like I don't know how you verify that. Like, is this like, are we just gonna like take his word for it? Like, I don't know, like the other stuff. Yeah, you've been impressed with that, but you're gonna see greater things. Nathaniel had no idea what following Jesus. He had no idea that following Jesus, the greater things he would see. You have no idea, continuing to follow follow Jesus, the greater things you'll see. Nathaniel followed Jesus, and he saw blind eyes open up. He followed Jesus, and he saw deaf ears open, and people could hear. They couldn't hear before. He followed Jesus, and he saw sick people healed. He followed Jesus, and he saw Jesus stand in front of a tomb of a dead man and say, Lazarus, come come. Out. You have no idea the greater things you're going to see in your life if you just keep following Jesus. Be things we are like, I, you almost are hesitant to tell people because they're going to think you're crazy. I got a message this week. Someone sent me a text. I was praying for them. They were going into the doctors because they were... There were some medical issues. I was praying. I'm going to be praying. They went back into the doctor. And I love this text because this text came with an emoji. Can we put up this emoji? (laughs) If you don't regularly use this emoji, I want to speak to you that this is going to be the year you're going to use this emoji more than you ever have. This text had this emoji because it was like the doctors said it must have healed itself. The thing must restore, like, the doctors have no, you have no idea if you just keep following Jesus, if you just keep following Jesus, the messages you're going to be sending to people. Mind blown. Our marriage was headed for a divorce, but God restored it, and it's not perfect, but we actually like each other, we're enjoying, we're growing closer together. You have no idea if you just keep following Jesus. I'm going to be sending a message with mind blown that, that the, the kid that's been on and off drugs, that's been in and out of rehab, is suddenly now been, been sober for how long? Mind blown. You have no idea if you just keep following Jesus. You have no idea as a church well, what we're going to see, how God is going to blow our minds, some of the things that are already beginning to happen if we just keep following Jesus. It, Jesus then says, You will see heaven open. See angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob the deceiver. Jacob had a dream. In Jacob's dream, there were angels ascending and descending. But now, because of Jesus, this is no longer a dream, it is a reality. Jesus is the ladder. Because of Jesus, we now have access between heaven and earth. The powers of the age to come have invaded the present age. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and I'm gonna go King James version on you, (laughs) because that's how I know this. Our Father, who are in where is in heaven hallowed be thy name. thy name. Thy kingdom come. Now, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, Jesus would teach, is not eat and drink. It is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is. Jesus is the ladder. That, that now there's not only access for you and I to receive the the gift of salvation in order to be able to to get to heaven, but we can also bring heaven to earth. Nathaniel started out. He started out under a tree. Many of you, you'd be like, I've been under this cloud of disappointment. I've been under this, this pressure of discouragement. I've been, I've been under this. And Nathaniel could have stayed there. But someone said, come and see. It, don't stay there. Don't stay under that cloud of discouragement. Don't stay under that pressure. Go to Jesus. And when you go to Jesus and you follow Jesus, I used to be under a tree. I used to be under pressure. But now, Jesus says, you're, you're going to go to a place of an, open, of an open heaven where there is access to forgiveness where there is access to healing, where there is access to supernatural strength. Stop waiting on God to open a door when you could be living under an open heaven.